Hello, everybody. I'm Gareth Hagan, the Deputy CEO of OCO Global. I'm delighted to introduce you to the third edition of our OCO broadcast, where we're attempting to bring you our perspectives and our latest views on what's going on at the moment in terms of the world uh, of trade and investment around coronavirus. We've talked so far about both trade and investment, and in our third episode, I'd like to take a market view, and we're going to start with the UK and Ireland. So I'm delighted to introduce Colin McCulloch, our UK director, and Killian Cawley, who looks after our business in Ireland. Hello, both. Hi, Gareth. Hello, Gareth. So, Colin, we'll start our conversation today uh, looking at the UK market. And I suppose, you know, looking across the world and our businesses in, in various places, the UK has been seen uh, in this instance as being pretty decisive and proactive in terms of its economic intervention via the Chancellor, uh, Rishi Sunak. What is it that you're hearing, Colin, being in the market from business and, and some of your associates in the UK? Yeah, thanks, Gareth. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the UK has been seen to be decisive economically, probably more decisively economic than it has actually in its preparation and dealing with the uh, coronavirus itself. But yeah, the, the, the Chancellor came out with a, a pretty big uh, budget in, in in March and it had um, you know lots of sort of investment spending as well but it did have a a, a large pot of money um, specifically for sort of COVID response for for businesses so some of that included you know the uh, sort of job retention scheme where um, you know companies could furlough and government would pay up to eighty percent uh, up to two and a half grand a month. The deferred VAT and self-assessment payments, etc. They 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 will cover statutory sick pay uh, as well. So they they, they acted quite um qu- quite um proactively and 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 significantly, I guess. Um, one group that they sort of left out was the originally was sort of the self-employed. So there was a lot of people going, hold on a minute, there's a lot of self-employed people here and, and there's no no coverage for them. But they addressed that reasonably quickly afterwards as well, giving them similar sort of benefits. Um, but of course, one of the things, it, it's okay for the government, I guess, to put measures in place, but it's, it's what happens. How do they then translate into, um, you know, the, 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 the real life, if you like, for businesses? And of course, in a time like this, um, finance is is everything, and I think it took a little bit of a while for um, some of that stuff to kick in, particularly through the banks and you know facilitating loans. They've created like a coronavirus business interruption loan scheme, and I guess it took a bit of time for that to to, to kick through. And I think people, some businesses, find it difficult. You know, banks were being a little bit um, weren't slick and a little bit um, difficult. But again, that has been addressed. There's been 145 million pound of loans made. A thousand companies have got it. In SMEs. Um, so, so that's been positive. And and the the other gap then that sort of existed up until recently was sort of the mid tier lending. So those sort of businesses being 45 million and 500 million were, were struggling to get loans but now that's been sorted as well and they get loans up to 25 million 
with eighty percent guarantee. So, look, I think I think in general, um, the the, the government has done a, a, a decent job here uh, on on the economy. Um, I think the CBI Confederation of British Industry has, has been rallying as well and working with the government to make sure that all aspects of the economy are, are covered. So, I, I would say that um, yeah, in terms of what they can do to support the economy, they've they've, they've done a reasonable job here, and, and businesses are fairly. Um, supportive of that. Good stuff, Colin. I would agree, basically, that uh, you know the the Tory government you have been out of the blocks pretty pretty quickly on this. I suppose you know it's understandable, but a lot of the discussion at the moment uh, and a lot of the interventions that you you mentioned you know have very much a domestic feel uh, about them. I suppose in our world, Colin, and I know you're speaking. Frequently, you know, both the UK clients, you know, on an international basis, but almost as importantly, international clients looking kind of the UK market or engaging with the UK market. What's your sense from outside of the UK in terms of the uh, the UK response uh, and what it's likely to mean in the short term? Yeah, I mean, we're sort of, sort of seeing a, a mixed bag, really, Gareth. I mean, in our business, you know, we uh, we're still seeing you know, sort of trade requests coming in. So we're still seeing businesses from outside, um, you know, maybe in, in, in North America, for example, still wanting to look at Europe, UK, etc. So we're still sort of doing a good bit of work there. I, I'm probably seeing less the, the other way. Uh, however, uh, it again, it depends on industry, um, Gareth, as you'd, as you'd imagine at this time. I mean, a, a good example is a company from Cambridge that has sort of bed optimization software um, and, and looks at sort of, you know, um, uh, a, a patient's susceptibility to, to sort of disease that they pick up in a hospital. Um, they've just actually, they were they were looking to set up in Florida at the end of the year. And literally, they just turned they just you know, turned it right on and uh, and set up the uh, sort of last week in, in St Pete to go after the US uh, market opportunity. So you know, as you'd imagine, it will vary from uh, from uh, sector to sector. You know, we've been supporting Tunisian um, uh, companies to uh, export to the UK, and we've worked quite a lot, for example, with textile and food companies. And you know, we, we've made a, a, a lot of good introductions and there were some deals to be done um, but all that's on hold so a lot of the UK you know the the supermarkets the retailers uh, they are locking down effectively no new suppliers etc so so that is a challenge for you know uh, out, you know international trade if you like and I think I think in everyone's response in this, Gareth, it's um, they're looking at sort of me, you know, looking uh, at themselves first of all, uh, and then others. You see that even, you know, in the news lately with you know the masks and stuff, you know, where sort of America is maybe protecting them versus Germany. So you'll see that even at a at a company level, they're looking in, internally first as opposed to um, to externally. And, and so, so for me, I think. You know the the industries at risk. They're really in survival mode, um. So they're looking internal, um, versus external. We see a lot of of businesses now furloughing, um, a lot of staff. So Arcadia have just announced fourteen half thousand people. You know, um, Nissan up in Sunderland. You know, obviously has mothballed its factory and six thousand of its workers are furloughed. So so that really is significant. Um, and you know, as well as furloughing, a lot of the businesses are asking senior directors to take pay cuts of sort of up to fifty percent. 
So it, it's really about surviving. And, and in the UK, you'll have seen that, you know, Laura Ashley has sort of gone, Kath Kidson's going at the administration, Debenhams, you know, those sort of industries that are the industries that are that are affected most and, the, and those businesses that have had, let's call it underlying uh, uh, problems. Um, they're, it's really being um, highlighted and, they're, and they're, they're going into trouble fast. So so that's that's a challenge. Um, but I also think there's a flip side, Gareth, which is interesting in, in terms of sort of the innovation and ingenuity required. So you are seeing businesses like Mercedes, you know, uh, producing, you know, sort of um, uh, breathing devices. You are seeing the likes of Northern Ireland gin company making hand sanitizers, laundry manufacturers making masks. You know, pubs even who have got the supply chain from, you know, the food service, they're now supplying their customers within a one mile um, radius. So you're seeing a lot of um, sort of more domestic um, innovation and ingenuity, I would say. Um, I think you'll see a, a little bit of, uh, of that introspection for a while before the sort of international routes um open uh you know op- open up again and and, and the, the impact of that gareth is quite clear i mean there's a forecast of a sort of 13 and a half percent drop in gdp in q2 there's an uh, they're forecasting additional 1.4 million unemployed you know 1 million people have applied for universal credit in the last two weeks so you know it, it's it's tricky and um and i think you know the 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 money uh of of, uh you know people that people have to spend is going to be reduced and therefore we're going to see a real economic challenge for 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 a while so colin obviously you know we're seeing tremendous uh impact uh and disruption uh you know both domestically and internationally from everything that's going on at the moment uh, in terms of COVID 19. i guess in a different set of circumstances the uk would have been kind of pushing fast forward uh, and building momentum towards a, a Brexit kind of agreement uh, in the coming months. I mean, do you really think that it's it's possible or that it's achievable that that could happen? Or do we need to have a rethink uh, based on everything that's going on at the moment? Uh, it's an interesting one, uh, Gareth. I think um, a lot of people actually put the, uh, you know, the uh, UK's focus on getting Brexit done and the elections, etc., actually detracted from our preparedness for uh, for coronavirus, um, but looking forward, I mean, the government is still saying that they they want to get the the deal done by the uh, by the end of the year. So that's still the government um, position. However, you know, as we know, you know, the lead negotiators on both sides are uh, you know are down with COVID. Um, you know, the um, the, the, the various um, phases are already delayed. Um, and look, you know, the bottom line is we're facing the biggest recession here that we've, you and I have, have, have ever known. So, so uh, I mean, I, I think we, it, it does need um, a rethink. And I think you, you need to detach from, you know, your sort of um, uh, idealism and, 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 and go into realism here. Um, you know, the last thing, I mean, this is all about business, Gareth. And, you know, the last thing that businesses need right now when they're when they're just trying to get their head around um the challenges of, of covid is to go on to you know wto tariffs or new regulations or you know challenges at the uh you know the port and, and stuff like that so i think i think that really we need common sense here i mean the auto industry is really suffering at the minute and and you know if, if uh i think the uk auto industry would die on the spot if, if we uh you know if that was um 
if, if we uh, sort of kicked into um, you know WTO um, tariff rules, for example. I mean, fishing rights, you know, are complex as well. They were supposed to be agreed by the first of July. I can't see that happening uh, either. And and you know, the and in practical terms, Gareth, we know that you know to um, to deploy and implement what got what government is is um, sort of mandating. I mean, civil servants are being de- in Whitehall are being deployed. You know, from Brexit to COVID, for example. So I can't actually see practically how it could be done, and uh, yeah. So I, I, my, my view is that it, it, it will have to be pushed back and extended. I don't think anyone um, would blame him for that, and I think, uh, um, I think it's the right thing to do at this time. And maybe uh, I think we could all do with a bit of certainty around that as well. So Colin, look, thanks a lot for your perspective there. I think on Brexit uh, and on other topics, uh, we'll undoubtedly pick up uh, in the coming months, basically, and. Uh, if the last month has taught us anything, you know, things that seemed impossible kind of have been made possible and, uh, you know, people have had to re- react to change on a, on a fast moving basis. So I'm sure I'm sure that'll continue. So thanks a lot, Colin, for your for your time. Look, I'm just going to switch across the Irish Sea now. Uh, I'm going to bring in our uh, Irish director, as I mentioned, uh, Killian Cawley. Killian, I suppose, you know, uh, if I look at the Irish uh, economy, uh, you know, sort of a couple of months ago, you know, there was a, a lot of sort of peculiarities, I guess, kind of that were that were going on, you know, a, a sort of a increasing kind of, a, you know, sort of political tensions, you know, kind of a, a, an election planned, you know, the outcome of which, I, I guess, you know, as we all know, basically kind of no sort of formal government kind of in Ireland and all this against the backdrop of a sort of fairly booming sort of economy kind of fueled by kind of international activity and, and FDI. Clearly, COVID-19 uh, has changed all of that in Ireland, Killian. I'd be very keen just to kind of get a sense of me in terms of the the mood in Ireland uh, a month into the to the current crisis. Well, Gareth, um, I suppose a few words will describe the mood at the moment uh, in in Ireland at the moment. Uh, unprecedented uncertainty and and I suppose the unknown. Um, there's obviously a certain fear. Um, in general, uh, we have a, a, a semi-lockdown position at the moment. Um, the government has been taking uh, the World Health Organization advice, which has been very measured and focused in its approach. Uh, the communication has been very good, and uh, I suppose there's been a reassurance um, in general by the government uh, to, to, to people in general. Uh, the chief medical officer, uh, Tony Houlihan, has been to the lead uh, there very much in terms of uh, daily updates which has uh, maintained, I suppose, a confidence that the the government is doing everything they possibly can for the best of the people and, I suppose, for the best of the economy. Um, The the strategies that they have been using, uh, particular social distancing and uh, trying to suppress infection and uh, quite a lot of contact tracing, which has been uh, very similar to South Korean uh, approach, has has, uh, been something that uh, has been supported uh, largely by people and uh, I suppose the approach has been very much encouragement rather than enforcement and uh, I suppose there's been the leadership shown there particularly uh, with Leo Varadkar um, he uh, is a doctor by profession himself and uh, he has also stood forward to uh, work one day per week to try and help uh, in, in the current situation and I suppose like everything, there's never a good time for a crisis. Um, obviously, the recent election was a a, a very um, uncertain time for for 
for the Irish people and the Irish economy um, and the caretaker government, um, Fianna Gael, uh, were, I suppose, caught unawares with the, the, the this outbreak of uh, COVID-19. Um, however, as, after I'm outlining there, there has been quite a positive um, feeling in general from, from the Irish people um, with support from Fianna Gael, for Fianna Gael increasing from 23% at the time of the election to approximately 34%. So it, it's something that uh, they've shown um, leadership on and created confidence. And the reports in the, the papers uh, today are showing that uh, we're getting a little bit closer to forming a new, a new government, which would be Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. Um, and there seems to be a renewed effort and a renewed focus to, to uh, establishing a strong government because I suppose, like everything else, at the moment um there, there is a lot of uncertainty but um it's important that there is certainty for the future and for the work that has to be done in the future to to overcome the current situation and obviously the the future recovery so we're hearing lots of talk and lots of threat i guess around protectionism and regionalization being a post kind of covid sort of output do you want to talk a little bit about your views on the irish irish economy uh, and it's likelihood in terms of being an internationally facing economy as it is at the moment? Obviously, FDI remains and has been a strong part of the Irish economy um, with over 20% of employment um, related to FDI. Um, and that, that equates to over 1,200 companies. So FDI is is a significant part of the, the, the Irish economy. The sectors, obviously, uh, that are, are key to that FDI are pharma, ICT, and, and healthcare in general. So these sectors are sectors we're actually seeing globally as being very strong, and particularly in, in the light of the current um, uh, crisis. These areas are areas that um, have... have um, significant importance. So I, I think overall, um, you know, Ireland still has the fundamentals for uh, FDI and, and there may be a, a, a short-term uh, knock-on impact on that, but we still have a very talented um, uh, population. We have the youngest population in the EU. We have very strong skill sets which are in need of these multinational companies, we're still a, 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 an excellent economy to do business it in. We're, we're we're noted for our ease of business, our innovation, and uh, I suppose we're 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 always going to be a competitive environment with uh, and and we're dynamic and we're globally connected. So our, our our position as the European Gateway will remain strong for Ireland. And uh, I know the government has been working hard for FDI uh, in the past, and they, they will continue to do so. So. I think overall um, the the situation is a difficult situation. There are a lot of uncertainties there, um, both socially and economically. We do feel that uh, there is a strong leadership in place. There is confidence that a government that will be focused on economic development and on uh, uh, improving people's situations will be developed. And, and overall, we feel that um, the, the FDI sector is strong and, and will remain strong strong uh, given the fundamentals that I have outlined there. So there is a strong feeling that this situation will will be overcome and uh, the, the, the economy will emerge strong from it. So Killian, you also spoke uh, you, you know, to us about the role of government uh, and the fact that, you know, actually, ironically, in a period of not hang- having a government, that, you know, various kind of uh, folks, including kind of Fine Gael, have kind of stood up. And, and we know that 
Ireland, both from an FDI and trade point of view, has been heavily supported by government. You know, as government, you know, kind of hopefully stabilizes and we get a government in place and as people start to look beyond COVID-19, you know, what is it that you're hearing, Killian, and what might you expect to see kind of in the medium term in terms of Irish government support and stimulus to the post-COVID uh, period? Gareth, obviously the, uh, the the pressure that businesses are under at the moment can't be underestimated um, and uh, obviously government have stepped in to try and give confidence to companies in terms of the supports that uh, they can provide at the moment and I suppose going into the future. For most companies, the immediate uh, concern uh, is in around cash flow and uh, obviously cash flow is uh, the key to survival of of any company and uh, with this current situation um obviously cash has has almost uh, turned off just like a tap the government have obviously stepped in with some supports and again very much in around the area of staff and staff retention which again is a key aspect of um any company and um I suppose the government have uh, stepped forward with a wage subsidy scheme to uh, provide uh, workers with up to 70% of their salaries. And this obviously is a, is a, is a welcomed um, situation for companies. The, the, the cash flow side of things, the government has also promised support there uh, through Enterprise Ireland, through various different supports um, that are EU-backed. Um, there's various different uh, strategic banking corporation uh, of Ireland uh, loan supports also, which are very much related towards cash flow. Um, now, obviously, from most companies' point of view, that is very much uh, going to uh, be a short-term issue and to stabilise the current situation. So from that point of view, I suppose companies are trying to stabilize and basically put their businesses on hold, which is ultimately what the, the, the government have tried to do by announcing these supports is to put the, the, the economy, the, the, the businesses that are operating on ice uh, or put them to sleep for this period of time. Unfortunately, um, Nobody knows how long this is going to last, but there is a sense that uh, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel and this will end at some point. And uh, I suppose, like Colin had mentioned in the UK, um, their companies are obviously showing their uh, tenacity and their innovation um, and their, I suppose, uh, entrepreneurial streaks. No, thanks, Killian. And we all, we all really hope that is the case and I, I'm sure it will be. And, uh, you know, I think your, your point around how we, you know, sensibly and, and gradually take the economy out of the deep freeze uh, is increasingly uh, a topic that we'll all discuss uh, over the over the coming weeks as we uh, work our way through this uh, this crisis. So, look, I'd just like to thank both yourself, Killian, and, and Colin for your for your comments. Uh, I think that in what we're seeing uh, and what we're living out, both in UK and Ireland, there's a lot of uh, overlaps and a, I think a constant theme there from uh, both of you around you know, kind of sensible and pragmatic government support allied to the ingenuity and the determination of business to succeed. And I think if we all keep that attitude, then uh, the post-COVID-19 recovery will hopefully be, if not quite as sudden as its arrival, then uh, hopefully we can accelerate that uh, moving forward. I look forward to speaking to both of you through this uh, period uh, and getting your perspectives further and further down the line. So thanks again.